chains undone. Sin defeated, Jesus is overcome. The mercy when the third day's off. Darkness was denied when the stove was gone. Oh, I stop a while that you told me all. Feel the feelings when you know they shall be told. I stop a while that you told me Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise for. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise Okay, good. Okay, good morning. Uh, Pastor Keith is away. He'll be returning, I think, in a day or two. But anyway, my name is Bruce Neary, and he asked me to do the announcements this morning. So to start off with, I would just mention a couple things. Uh, we do have communion uh, next Sunday. We missed the communion, so we're going to have communion next Sunday. And then we have the business meeting in two weeks on February 27th. So if you want to look at the budget ahead of time, it's out in the foyer. You can grab a hold of it, look it over. But that'll be in on the 27th of February, okay? And then um, next uh, lunch will be on March 6th. March 6th will be the next lunch. A couple other things I want to mention is um, we're going we're to begin um, our Sunday morning Bible studies. Uh, quite honestly, I was supposed to start Genesis uh, today, and I, I basically ordered some new materials to kind of refresh myself on creation. Basically, we're, we're going to talk about the creation story. So it's a kind of a th it's, it's something I've been studying and for probably 20, 25 years. So I thought I'd just get refreshed a little bit, buy some new books, things like that. And then my wife told me when the books came in, 
She's like, you know, you need to change the date. You're never going to get through these books. And I said, yeah, I will. I'm, I, no problem. I'll, I'll get through them all. And, of course, I had to delay it. So, yeah, that's how it works. So, anyway, uh, the series will start on March 6th with Genesis. And it's going to go approximately four weeks. Um, it may go longer. We'll just see how it goes. But it'll be a, the story of Genesis. Uh, basically the first four chapters. So if any of you have had any questions about sort of like, what does it mean, creation? How does it go? Is a day a day? It, is, there, is there such a thing as evolution? Um, those kind of things. If you've ever been curious about that kind of stuff, we're going to discuss all of that. You know, who's the author? Who's the, who are the audience? What's the purpose of the book? What's the purpose of the creation account? Why is it there? Is it a scientific account? So if you're interested, I've piqued your interest a little bit, come on out. March 6th, 9.30 in the back. Okay? And let's see, uh, a couple more. That's about it. That covers our, our, our announcements this morning. We're going to give a reading real quick. We're going to read from God's Word this morning. Uh, this is from Genesis uh, chapter 12, uh, first several verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And now Abram was 75 years old when he departed. So let's have a prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord, for these this wonderful words of, of the beginnings. And we just thank you, Father, for the story and how the story finishes with us in this, in this present time, Lord. We thank you for all the things you've given us, we thank you for the provisions. We thank you for this place. We thank you, Father, the truth here is proclaimed. Amen. Turns his face 
Amen. Amen. We're just getting started, right? One day we will be in his presence. Amen. And we will be able to see him face to face and worship him. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus the Messiah. And if you want to take a second real quick, you can stand up one minute. I don't know if Keith does this, but I'm, I got the pulpit, so I'll do whatever I can. Get up, say hello to one another real quick. Greet each other in the name of the Lord. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Scott Schwartz. I am actually a supported missionary here at Trinity, and uh, I have the privilege of serving God for a ministry called Life in Messiah. So if you don't know me, I work for Life in Messiah, and our heart is to share God's heart for the Jewish people. So we do evangelism, discipleship, outreach, and training of churches internationally and all across the states on having a heart for the Jewish people and sharing the gospel with the Jewish people. We teach against anti-Semitism and we pray fervently for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. So um, I have the privilege, if you have your calendar, I'm going to sell you I would love to see every single one of you at Trinity's Messiah in the Passover Seder. That is scheduled tentatively for April 13th. It's a Wednesday evening. It will be in here, and word has it we're going to have a full meal. We're going to have a full meal, and I will be taking you guys through the entire Passover Seder demonstration, just like Jewish people are doing in a few months in Jewish homes all across the country and all across the world. And we'll see the connection between the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament and how Jesus is our Passover lamb. Very rich, enlightening, and inspiring. Amen? So that's April 13th on a Wednesday evening. And Pastor Keith will be giving you some more information about that in the coming weeks. But I want to give us a look into the beginnings of the deliverance of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. So um, Pastor Keith wanted me to kind of like whet your appetite a little bit so you have something to look forward to. And um, there are four cups we will see in a few weeks in April. There are four I wills that surround the Seder dinner. And those four wills are four promises that God gave to the Jewish people, and he also gives them to us. 
And that we find the, these four promises in Exodus 6. I'll just read it to you. Exodus 6, 6 through 7, it says, Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. One, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Two, I will rescue you from their bondage. And three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And during the Seder, we're going to see how God does each of these things, how he redeemed them, how he rescued them and how he takes them to be his people. So we're going to see that unfold through the Seder dinner. But today we're going to rewind a little bit back and we're going to see how this whole story of God's people being delivered out of Egypt, how it began. So if you have your Bible or your smartphone, open with me to Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 2 verses 23 through Exodus 3 verse 10. And I titled my message, I love to give titles so you know where we're going. I would hate to get on a plane. My daughter's boyfriend just got on a plane. I would hate to get on a plane and the pilot says, okay, I don't know how high we're flying and I have no idea where we're going. I would say, get me off, right? So in this way, I want you to know where we're going. So we are going to see today, hopefully, the God that sees and knows. The God that sees and knows and how that comforts our hearts today. And it's funny, uh, you can't plan this, but we sang two songs this morning. Uh, we sang the song that we worship God as the King of Kings. He's the lamb who sits on the throne and Jesus is the lamb of God. And the key figure in the Seder is the lamb, the lamb that is slain and its blood is taken upon the doorpost and the lentils. And when the angel of death comes, he sees the blood and he will pass over that home, sparing those Israelites from death. We also song, we sang Waymaker, yes? And it says, even though I don't see that you're working, I know that you're working. And we're going to see this morning in the story of the Israelites in slavery, they did not see God working. They were in a tough spot. They were filled with despair, filled with anguish, filled with fear, and they couldn't see any way out. They had no hope. But we're going to see this morning that God made a way for them to be delivered. Amen? So, we are in the midst of COVID-19 pandemic, yes? Raise your hand or not if you have become weary from this pandemic. I am weary from the pandemic. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? But we are almost two years at the two-year mark of the COVID-19 pandemic. If we think back, it was actually March of 2020, and we're coming up on March 2022. It's, uh, we're living in unprecedented times, times that many of us have never seen. We have protests from the left, and now we have protests from the right as truckers from Canada are holding a blockade on our northern border crossing. Inflation, if you've watched the news, is at a 40-year high. Financial experts are saying that inflation is costing the average American an extra 
$275 a month compared to last year. Okay? Can't buy as many bags of chips. Many of us are experiencing high levels of stress and uncertainty about the future. The stresses of our times have reached all of us. Would you say yes to that? The other night, uh, we have uh, Apple TV, so my wife loves to watch the evening news, NBC, so YouTube will show you at 11 o'clock, the replay from 6 o'clock. And just the other night, top story, Russia is getting ready to invade Ukraine. I don't know about you, but it's evening time, and I'm sitting down, and I'm trying to chill, having some chamomile tea to go to bed, and I hear, oh my gosh, World War III. I don't know about you, but when you hear that news, a little bit of anxiety sweeps through your entire body. Yes? COVID-19, inflation, gas prices, can't even get a hamburger. It's now 40 bucks instead of 10. But stresses are weighing on us. A report done by the American Psychological Association says this, quote, despite several months of acclimating to a new reality and societal upheaval spurred by COVID-19 pandemic, Americans are struggling to cope with the disruptions it has caused. Nearly 8 of 10, 78%, say the corona pandemic is a significant source of stress in their life. And 2 of 3 adults, 67%, say they have experienced increased stress over the course of the pandemic. I would put myself in those numbers. Here are some statistics from the American Institute of Stress. Okay, this is all free information. 77% of Americans say they regularly experience psychological symptoms caused by stress. 73% of Americans feel they are living with extreme stress. And 48% of Americans feel their stress has increased over the past five years. The American Institute continues by saying, quote, people have a very different idea with respect to their definition of stress. Probably the most common is physical, mental, or emotional strain or tension. Another popular definition of stress is a condition or feeling experienced when a person perceives that the demands exceed the personal and social resources the individual is able to mobilize. So that's the Institute of Stress's definition. Uh, Definition of stress. Stress, despair, fear, anxiety, and sadness seem to touch all of us in one way or another, and the pandemic has just made it worse. What kind of comfort can we find from God in the pages of the Bible? Does God see us? Does God hear us? Does he know us? If so, does he respond? Well, I'm glad you asked. I know that some of you are getting ready to ask that question. Over and over again on the pages of Scripture, we see men and women who faced unimaginable circumstances. Men and women just like us are dealing with fear, hardship, and stress. Let us this morning take a look at the children of Israel in Egypt who themselves were under unimaginable circumstances. The children of Israel found themselves in the grips of slavery. They were under a cruel taskmaster named Pharaoh. He was ruthless. There was no way out, no end in sight. They were in the throes of despair. This morning, 
let's look at their story. We find their story in Exodus. So who's with me? Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, 24. It sounds like a bummer, but there's great encouragement and hope coming to all of us. So the background of this story, what is the backdrop? The backdrop is that God is calling a people to his, make his own, Israel, and Israel finds itself in slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years they find themselves in slavery. When I have one bad day, I like fall in a fetal position and I cry like a baby. These people were, I get a flat tire, I call Rick, Rick, get a flat tire. He's like, go fill it up, bro, get over it. Stop calling me. Stop bothering me. Here they are, 400 years in slavery. Moses is born, grows older, and becomes the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses, when he's full grown, witnesses the mistreatment of his fellow brothers and sisters, fellow Israelites, and he kills an Egyptian. And he flees to Midian. While Moses is in Midian, the Lord appears to him, on the mountain, and that is where we pick up our story. So we pick up our story in Exodus chapter 23, not 23. I didn't have my Red Bull this morning. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, through Exodus 3, verse 10. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of their bondage, and they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God, if you have your Bible and you circle it, circle this word, so God heard, circle or underline if you do that or highlight it in your, in your phone. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God, another key word, saw them. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Hineni. That's a little Jewish lesson for you today. Hineni means, here am I. He says, here am I, Lord. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, God says to Moses, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, here it is. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up to the land, to a good and large land, 
to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Pezzites, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Termites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, come now, Moses, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Father, thank you for your word. We pray as we've heard your word, the powerful, powerful narrative, the powerful hope that you give us in the midst of troubled times. Speak to us, Lord. Inspire us this morning. We ask this all in Jesus' name. And Trinity said, amen. Amen. What a wonderful narrative, yes? I love the Bible. It's so picturesque, filled with hope, filled with imagery. We, we see four things this morning, four takeaways for us this morning out of this passage, four things we see about God in our text. We see that God is a God that sees. We see God is a God who hears. We see a God that knows us, knows our situation, and a God that delivers. Those are all comforting things to us as we travel this earth. So first, we see God who sees. In the midst of this incredible struggle and stress of being in slavery, God is telling Moses that he sees what's going on in their lives and in the lives of the children of Israel. The situation for God's people was not a good one. In Exodus 1, we are told that the people were treated ruthlessly as slaves. It is one thing to have a bad situation and to think you are all alone and on your own, but it's another to know that you're not alone and that God sees you and sees what you're going through. We have many examples in scripture of God comforting his people. We see this in Genesis chapter 16 with Sarai and Hagar. Hagar came to understand that the God that she served was a God who sees her. Sarah and Hagar, God promised Abraham a child. Genesis chapter 16, 13 through 16. You don't have to turn there, but I'll tell you the story. God had promised Abraham a child. And as we know, his wife was past childbearing bearing age. And uh, God had made them a promise, and they were weary of that promise because they did not see God's promise. Just like ourselves, I've been walking with the Lord since 1994, and I've been reading in the scriptures, Jesus says he's coming back. And I check my watch, and I see when I came to the Lord, and I say, Lord, it's been 25 years. Please come back. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Oy vey, right? Well, God had promised them a child. Not only did he promise a child, he promised it to Sarah, who was way up there in age. So Sarah and Abraham get together and have a little conversation. And Sarai says, I got a better plan than God. Probably not, but hey, we got to fulfill the promise. So why don't you go and find Hagar? I'll leave you alone. You can have a baby. 
So God had promised Abraham a child and the waiting was getting too much for them. So they took matters into their own hands. Sarah said to her husband, take my handmaid Hagar and bring forth the son. As I mentioned, Sarah had no children and uh, they made this plan. In verse six, it says, it says this, it says in, in the text, it says, Sarah, Abraham's wife had borne no children. They took things of their own hands and Sarah had Abraham sleep with his servant Hagar to bring forth the promised one. After the child was born, it says, Sarah saw that she had conceived. She looked with contempt on her mistress. Things just went sideways, right? Then Sarah dealt harshly with her. And she, Hagar, fled from her. And the angel of the Lord found Hagar and ministered to her and sent her back to Sarah. And we read, so Sarah called, so Hagar, excuse me, called on the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Wow, Hagar has come face to face with the God who sees. There she is. They make this plan. She thinks it's going to be fine. I'm doing this for those that are, I'm helping and I'm being their servant. And I have a baby and the one that I'm supposed to be helping now turns and is dealing with me ruthlessly. So she goes to hide herself and God sees the pain of Hagar and comes and ministers to her. And Hagar herself says, God has seen me. God comes to the brokenhearted. God comes to those that are stressed. God comes to those that are living in despair and brings them hope. King David writes in Psalm 31, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversaries and have not shut me up in the land of the enemy. You have set my feet in a wide place. What encouragement that is from our God, a God who sees us. He sees you today. He sees your joy, your pain, your fear, your hope, and your dreams. You might be asking yourself, God, do you see do you see me? Do you see my troubles? Do you see my pain? Forgive me if I've told you this story before, because I only have a certain amount of stories in my back pocket. It's just a joke. But if I've told you this story, please forgive me. Um, when God had called us to the ministry, uh, we were living in Vermont, and uh, I applied to Moody Bible Institute, and I had gotten accepted and uh, we owned a home and all of our possessions. We put everything into storage, rented our ho house, hitched our car with a little U-Haul and packed up everything, even gave our German shepherd away to a friend. And we went across half of the country to Chicago where I applied and got accepted to Moody Bible Institute into the Jewish studies program. And uh, everything was great. We, you know, things were fine. Didn't have a whole lot of money at the time. And uh, I get to school and I'm registering and I, I kind of got in late. It's good when you know people, right? So the director of our ministry was best friends with Dr. Michael Radelnik, who was 
the professor of Jewish studies and says, yeah, I know you. And okay, Scott wants to be trained for the ministry. Registration closed on October 10th, but it's December 10th. Just have him send everything right to me. I'll get him in. So I get in. So I'm late with my payments. I'm late with all the information. I don't get the emails necessary to know what's going on. So I get in line, right? And we literally, I don't know what happened to all of our money, but we had about maybe $200 in the bank. But we had food in the fridge. I had my kids that were all healthy with clothes on our back. And I'm in line for registration. I, she says, next. I said, hi, hello. She says, your name? I said, Scott Schwartz. She, okay, Mr. Schwartz, I see here that you have an outstanding balance. I'm like, excuse me? You have an outstanding balance. I have an outstanding balance. I thought I could make payments. No, payments were due. You had to set that up way back, but you applied late, so that's void. I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, so now what? She says, well, you can't come to school until you pay us $1,000. I'm like, wonderful. So here's the setting. I have moved my entire family, right? I've quit my job. I've quit my pr profession as a salesman for the milk company. I move all the way across the country. I have three little ones with a wife on faith, like Abraham going to a country he did not know where he was going. And here I am. I've done all of these things. I have someone in my house, signed a lease, and I can't even get to school. God, what in the world is going on? I had cried out to the Lord in that moment. So I call my mentor, Wes Tabor. I call him. He answers the phone. He says, hey, Scotty, what's up? Welcome to Chicago. Are you at Moody? I said, I'm at Moody, but you're not going to believe it. He said, what? He says, I owe $1,000, and I don't have that in my bank account. Oh, okay. Well, I'll call you right back. So he hangs up. I go around the block. I'm praying. I get the phone call. He answers, I answer the phone. I said, hey, it's Scotty. He says, you're not going to believe it. I said, what? I said, I just went down to the financial officer and asked him, hey, is there anything we can do for Scott? Scott is short $1,000 to register for Moody. It needs to be paid. He says, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you and Scott this morning, an anonymous $1,000 check came in the mail for the Schwartzes. The exact amount of money that we needed. Amen. God is a God that sees, knows, hears, and delivers. Amen? Amen. So, we see that God sees. Now we're going to see a God who hears. Exodus 2.23, if you're with me in the scriptures, it says, Then the children of Israel groaned because of their bondage and cried out, and their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning. In Exodus 3.7, it says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So you might be asking yourself, what did God hear? It's pretty dramatic what he heard. The text tells us that he heard their whispers. No, he heard their groaning. In the King James Version, it says when Jesus was on the cross and he was taking on the wrath of God and he was praying in the garden, it says that he cried vehemently and he was sweating drops of blood. It was an all-out groan of anguish, of prayer so deep. Here, the people of Israel were groaning. They were oppressed and they were crying and they were full of sorrow. 
So what would make an individual or a nation actually groan? Because when you say groan, it's like, oh. when I had COVID, I didn't know how to groan. I was so sick. It was horrible. And this is what the children of Israel were going through. Not COVID-19, but they were under oppression from Pharaoh. Their slavery led to sorrow and despair. The children of Israel were living in great despair. So I looked up despair. I knew what it meant, but I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary. Who would like to know what Webster's Dictionary's definition of despair is? Raise your hand. Make me feel better. Validate me. Thank you. The complete loss or absence of hope. He was driven to, he was driven to despair. He throws himself under a train. Desperate people do desperate things. Despair also means hopelessness, disheartenment, discouragement, depression, distress, anguish, and also unhappiness. So I ask you this morning, Trinity, have you ever been in such despair that you have literally groaned? Have you ever been in a situation that is so bad that all you can do is cry out to God? It might be the untimely death of a loved one or a friend or the sudden financial hardship or a situation that is too much for you to bear. How did you respond? How did you feel? How did you handle the situation? You might have felt just like the Israelites without hope. The Israelites did the only thing they could do. Simple but profound. They cried out to God. Sometimes the best thing we can do is actually the last thing we think to do. Am I right? I always hear my wife when I'm struggling and I'm verbally processing. And she listens and she listens. And she's like, oy vey, I married him. He's nuts. And then she says, did you pray about it? I should have done that first. She says, yes, you should have done that first. Did you pray about it? The Israelites did just that. They cried out to God. The Jewish people uh, in Judaism, prayer is, a, is central to the life of a religious Jew. In the Siddur, so the, so the Siddur is a Jewish prayer book. There is a prayer called the Shema Kelehenu. Shema means to hear. And it says this, this is the prayer, the Shema Kelehenu in the Jewish prayer book that's prayed every Yom Kippur in the synagogue. And I think current Jews and Jews throughout history have learned from their forefathers in Egypt. It says this, hear our voice, Lord, our God, pity us and have compassion on us and receive in mercy and favor our prayer. For you are a God who hears prayers and supplication. From your face, O king, do not turn us away empty-handed. For you hear the prayers of your people Israel in mercy. Blessed are you, O Lord, Baruch Atah Adonai, who hears prayer. Woven in, who hears our prayers. Woven into the very fabric of Jewish prayer life is this truth and hope of a God who hears. 
The children of Israel had suffered for a long time in slavery. You might be suffering as well. And it's been a long time for you. Or maybe life is good right now, but life always comes with suffering. Sometimes the trials we go through feel like they will never end. Who's been in a trial and you think, oh my gosh, when will this ever end? When you have a bad flu, you know, you think you forget what it's like to feel normal. I know I have. And you think, oh my gosh, am I ever going to feel normal again? We go through trials. Sometimes we think they will never end. We ask ourselves, when will this pandemic end? When will we get back to normal? We've been asking that for 600, 600 and some odd days. Are you tired? Are you worn out from waiting? David knew what to do during times of despair. He is an inspiration to all of us, and he inspires us. He also knew how to cry out to God. Psalm 40 says this, I've waited patiently for the Lord. Sarah and Abraham should have had that psalm written down in their little tent. I have waited patiently for the Lord. He climbed to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction and out of the miry bog. He has set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He has put a new song on my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. David knew what to do. And God heard him and eventually rescued him out of all his afflictions. God sees and God hears. And the third thing in our text is we see the God that knows. The God that knows. Verse 7, I know their sufferings. This word know expresses a multitude of shades of knowledge gained by the senses. This is like, I'm all in. All of my senses are experiencing life right now. God knows every hair on your head. God knows every emotion you're going through. God is not aloof. He is not absent or absent-minded. He is present and accounted for. Amen? He is all in. He's not taking a nap when you pray. He is a very present help in times of trouble. You might be saying to yourself, because I ask myself these questions, that's well and good that God sees, hears, and knows my problem. But is he going to do something about it? I'm glad you asked. He delivered that $1,000 check right when I needed it. Not only does God see, hear, and know, but he responds. God responds. God says, I, in the text, I have come down to deliver them. It wasn't like, I hear your cry. I see what's going on. I know what you're dealing with. Good luck. Pull up by your bootstraps. Tighten the belt. Take care of it. No, God comes down to deliver the children of Israel. And we're going to see that in the Passover Seder. We're going to unpack that. God says, I have come down to deliver them. God sends Moses back to Egypt and tells Pharaoh, let my people go. 
God came down with 10 plagues and 10 judgments and delivered Israel from slavery. And we're going to go through all 10 of those plagues at our Passover Seder. Aren't you glad that God came down for Israel? But not only for Israel, God came down for you and me. Our greatest need, Trinity, is to be delivered from sin and death. God has come down in the person of Jesus the Messiah and set us free. He also moves to heal and provide for all of our needs, physical, emotional, and spiritual. The Exodus story is only the beginning. It was a picture of things to come. Throughout the pages of the Hebrew scriptures, God presents to us the messianic hope. One day, all of humanity will have the opportunity to be delivered from their own slavery to sin and death. God completes the story by sending his son, Jesus, the Messiah, to redeem us. Jesus sees us. Jesus hears us. Jesus knows us. And Jesus delivers us. In Matthew 9, 35 through 38, it says this, And Yeshua went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he, I love this, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw the crowd, and Jesus was moved with compassion. This narrative, I'm sorry, this narrative communicates to us in the clearest way that God is a God who sees, hears, knows, and responds to all of us who need him. When doubt comes, and it will come, no temptation has come to you than that which is common to man. And Satan always wants to say, did God really say? And you then say, well, I heard this crazy guy, Scott, who's out of his mind, and he told me this verse, that God sees, God hears, God delivers. And he did it in the pages of scripture, and God will do that for me as well. When doubt comes, when fear starts to creep in, when your heart starts to panic, Remember the promises of God. You can, with great confidence, pray Psalm 119, verse 45. Psalm 119, verse 45. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. May we take great comfort today in the truths about who God is. Psalm 119 says this, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar and are acquainted with all my ways. This morning, God sees us, God hears us, God knows us, and God delivers us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the example of your word. Everything we need 
for life and godliness comes to us delivered on the pages of Scripture. Lord, thank you for this great encouragement of the story of the exodus of Egypt. Thank you that we have example after example after example of men who put their faith in you, who leaned on you in hard times, who leaned on you in times of despair, and you came through and answered them and delivered them and gave them hope. Would you do that for us today in the name of Jesus? And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. I want to leave you, amen, amen. I want to leave you with a blessing this morning with, before we leave. It's the ironic benediction. I don't know if Keith does this, but I'd like to bless you with the ironic benediction and send you on your way. Okay? Why don't we all stand? It says this in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. And I have the liberty to say, and this is what he would say to Trinity Church as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his peace. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you.